Hello, and welcome to The Staffing Show, the only podcast that delivers tools, tips, and tactics from the staffing and recruiting industry's top executives and thought leaders. This episode is brought to you by Staffing Referrals, the only automated referral management platform chosen by smart staffing firms. Tired of wasting money on traditional job boards? Sick of reminding recruiters about promoting your referral program? Wish you could eliminate admin work spent tracking referrals and scheduling interviews? That's where Staffing Referrals comes in. Imagine transforming your entire talent pool into digital recruiters on behalf of your company. Think about how happy you'll make your team by eliminating wasted time spent tracking referrals and scheduling interviews. There's a reason that Staffing Referrals is one of the fastest growing software platforms in our industry. It's because staffing executives want to scale faster by automating recruiting processes. It's because with Staffing Referrals, you can actually see an ROI. And it's because our world is now more digital than ever and your candidates expect you to keep up. Don't get passed by the competition. Stop missing referrals and start recruiting smarter. Get staffing referrals and improve your tech stack today. To claim one free month, visit www.staffingreferrals.com show. That's staffingreferrals.com show. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today for another episode of The Staffing Show. I'm joined today by Dr. Mary Renzel and Allie Hively from BrainOps. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Yeah, thank Thanks you for, for having us. And I've got a, a really kind of a special episode, uh, something a little bit unique for what we do in the staffing industry, uh, but something I think is going to be pretty impactful for everybody that's listening. Um, Mary Renzel, uh, Dr. Mary Renzel, is an assistant professor of medicine at the Cleveland Clinic, Lerner College of Medicine, and director of pediatric multiple sclerosis and wellness at the Mellon Center of the Cleveland Clinic. And she has graduated from the Medical College of Ohio and completed her neurology and neuroimmunology fellowship training at the Cleveland Clinic. Uh, and Allie Hively is the co-founder of, yeah, I actually don't know, a company yep. which empowers busy women to feel their best through building habits of nutrition, mindset, and movement. Kiza helps companies and individuals break through their busy lives to manage stress, lose weight, gain energy, and live their best life. Thank you so much for both of you being here today. Um, to start things off, why don't you guys tell me just a little bit of your background about brain ops? Excellent. Yeah, okay. I think, you know, what happened is we, uh, we met at a professional women's conference. Um, I was giving a talk to folks about, you know, to women, obviously, about, um, you know, think about the brain. You know, it's the whole reason we're at work and, um, you know, get some brain wonder. And, and, you know, just the big question is what could we do day to day to optimize it? in the workplace. And then I thought, well, you know what, I really need to work with a coach because I need someone to, you know, give people the how to, how to squeeze this in your busy life as a working professional. So we put our heads together and, and uh, formed a brain ops group. So we're, we're here to help busy professionals, you know, learn the research and, and really just put their time and energy where it matters um, to really professionally develop brain power, you know, so that they could focus and be productive and then go on to what they really want to do after work. <laughs> You know, that, that's amazing. So, Mary, it sounds like you kind of had the the research and the science background, and are like, "Hey, I've got some ideas on things that people should know." Matt Alley, who's got the life coaching background, and you're like, "All right, let's let's partner up and go change." Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. We can, yeah, we find it so powerful when, um, like, the research and the science is there, and Mary can really break that down. And 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 like we said, everyone is busy, and we don't have a lot of time. We're always looking to save time, energy, money, doing what matters most. So she has that. And then 
how do I fit this in my life? And what are the steps that I should take from where I'm at to move forward and make this happen? So that's where it becomes such a powerful combo. That's great. That's great. And, uh, you know, one of the things that excited me about having the two of you on the podcast today and something I thought that our listeners would really appreciate hearing is that you guys have uh, specifically designed a course around optimizing your brain to improve business outcomes, which uh, I met, I, it had me hooked when I read it. <laughs> I was excited <laughs> to learn more about it. I imagine many of our listeners are as well. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what type of uh, any stories, anecdotes that you've had of outcomes that you've seen uh, people achieve after going through your course? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we have, I mean, this really applies to people in any profession or obviously everyone has a brain. So it really is important for that. But when it comes from, from a business perspective, understanding and knowing what you need to do and then implementing it is so empowering because not only are you then able to get like a more clear focus when you're not kind of underwater, you're really able to then make more clear career decisions or like in this case, like hiring decisions or be more, you know, creative thinking, critical, critical thinking, all of those things are able to happen more easily. So we've had a few clients who've really made crazy positive life changes from getting out of job situations that had them feeling really stuck to moving across the country for new opportunities. Once they have these habits established in their life, they're kind of able to go on to that next level thinking and see more potential for themselves and see, you know, what is possible. So really get to that really get to that next level. And um, that looks different for everyone. But specifically, we've had, yeah, clients take on new roles, clients, you know, empower their own teams, clients move and really create the, um, the lifestyle that they want having these things established. Awesome. Yeah, we yeah, we had somebody who really couldn't even like focus enough to even work full time. And she, you know, after a course, she said, you know, I'm able to work full time now, you know, I, I got my focus back, you know, it's just, it is kind of silly when you think about it that we don't have to take a course in business school or somewhere in college. Like, you know, you have that, you know, brain up there that's going to either work for you or not, you know, and you, there's a lot of things you can do to distract it, or you can learn, you know, how to optimize it. You know, we take a lot of professional development courses, et cetera. And, you know, we may learn about a few things kind of, uh, you know, tangentially about what the brain may or may not do, but something very easy. Like if you think, okay, in my day, I'm going to, you know, our brain likes to focus on negative, but if we throw some positive things in front of it, it will, it, we can just detract it from the negative, you know, so we want to keep it in positive emotional balance because that will take us to our higher level thinking like Allie was referring to. And so if we can stay there in more positive balance, we have, we're more creative, we feel more empowered, we feel like we can, you know, really get that project done and work better as a team and, or think about, you know, taking a jump and taking a new position. But if you're only in survival mode, which unfortunately during COVID, a lot of us are, that's where we are. You know, we're in survival. We don't, we're not feeling like a huge positive energy overload, you know? So um, it's nice to know, like, what could I do to get there? Like, what do I need to do to get to my creative self? You know, absolutely. And there's things you can do. Yeah. I, I think that's absolutely great. And I've, uh, um, I always laugh when people are talking about, I'm very pro working on yourself, working on your brain, going to uh, therapy, whatever it takes. I, and I think mm -hmm. it's amazing to me to think that we live in a society where uh, people won't judge. You might get judged for going to a therapy session, but you, you could go have five hours a week working on your biceps with a, a coach <laughs> at a gym. 
and everybody's like, oh, of course, that makes sense. And, and it, it just blows my mind that we haven't transitioned to the fact that like we should be working on our brains equally and have coaches, have people in our lives, uh, you know, spend that time on that. Um, one thing you mentioned. I love there, that. Uh, I love that. Say that again. <laughs> Say that again. You know, that's like, you know, people need to hear that, you know, like uh, equal time, equal time, you know, equal time. Don't, it's not just biceps. Yeah. Exactly. Work on the brain too. Yeah. Like, equal like, time. I like that. Yeah, working on the muscles is fine, but the spend time with yeah. them, right? Right, um, exactly. One, one thing you brought up was the uh, the fact of trying to spend time in positive space. Um, and I've, I've actually, I'm very interested to hear more about kind of ways that you can do that. And I'm also just curious from personal experience and conversations is some people feel like if you're uh, uh, focusing on the positive too much that you're just like painting a picture that's not realistic. And so I'm curious mm-hmm. to know what your thoughts are around uh, kind of how you do that and uh, if there's any negative aspect to it or if, if you're just tricking your brain. Yeah, no, I think there's always a balance. So we, 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 we need both. So we need the negative. Uh, if we want, we think it's negative, quote unquote, to have stress, but stress helps us focus. Like I need a deadline. I need to know when it's due and, I, and then I will focus as it gets closer, you know. Um, so we need stress and that will help us focus and get a project done. But we don't only want to stay in quote unquote stress or negative emotions, only worry or concern. We want to also be in the positive state because, you know, when you're working with a team or someone you're mentoring or someone you're coaching or developing and you see them really rock a project or lead a team or you just hired someone and you're so thrilled because, you know, you took your time and you, you were creative about who you hired um, you took a wider view than normal. You knew that you were in a good state to be able to perceive that that, w- that person was a good hire. Um, you know, those kind of things, you know, if you stay in the positive zone, that's your creative zone. But every day is a balance. And sometimes it's minute to minute is the balance. But they say, you, you know, you want to stay maybe three to one. So maybe three positive to a negative. So if you're really stressed, only stress in your day, think about how you can add three positive things. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. I think, yeah. Yeah. And one thing that we talk about and we can get into as we share a little bit more about our framework, but one piece of that to kind of avoid that feeling of like, oh, I'm just covering it, this negative thing up with positive is really that piece of emotional processing. And this is a huge piece of our, of our framework for um, optimizing your brain. But when you actually process the negative emotion, instead of like, squishing it up and covering it up with something positive, then you're able to move through it and actually like really authentically be able to be in that positive place, not feeling like you're kind of just, you know, putting that to the side or shoving that down and then covering it up with positive. And I think once you build that habit of emotional processing and you can move through negative emotions quicker or more easily and you're not as afraid of them, then you can genuinely be in that positive place much more easily. No, that's fantastic. And, and so uh, your guys' framework actually will help identify how to move through these process, like actually how to process the emotions as well. Is that part of it? Yes. Yeah, so like where to, where to put your time and energy. So, you know, you, you, you used to live in Cleveland. You know everywhere in Cleveland, it's C-L-E. So that's we're in Cleveland, Ohio. So we use the framework. Um, on, we call it C-L-E. So it's how you connect with other humans, your lifestyle. So how you live your day, what's, what do you put in your day? And then emotional processing. How do you, how do you know how to identify and what to do with those emotions? Like Ali was referring to, it's like, you know, you, you don't say, I, I never want to feel angry or sad or worried or scared. I mean, those are our feelings and we know 
you know, sometimes we say, hey, just think of it like in a fish tank, you're just seeing them go by and this is what's happening. And I just need to name it and, and say, yes, I am afraid of X. I'm, I'm worried about Y, you know? So you just, if you name it, it has less power mm-hmm. on your day. Mm-hmm. That's great. And, and so you kind of went through the framework there a little bit, but is there more that you kind mm-hmm. of like to elaborate on that and just tell us about how, how it all kind of connects together? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the research suggests that, you know, we generally would have our, if we think of those like three spheres of those three circles, what do you do for those things? Like, how do you connect to humans? Obviously, this is a time of, you know, coronavirus. And so we're all connecting in very different ways and, and less so than we used to. Um, but we can, we know we have to make that a priority because as humans, we are, you know, we are, we need other humans, you know, we're not isolated individuals. We need other people where we're, uh, you know, we live in a tribe, you know, and so it looks different these days, but we still need to reach out and call someone. You know, we need to go for a walk with someone safely. We need to connect with people safely these days because that is important. We need that. Absolutely. Um, And if we don't have that, the brain will not work as well. We've heard a lot about that with coronavirus with, you know, people that are isolated or if they were sick and, and isolated for a long time, you know, it's, it's very hard to bounce back from, from isolation. So that's something you want to be intentional about. I mean, the nice thing about some of this is a lot of this is fun, right? So you can be intentional about seeing friends or calling a friend or, or talking with a colleague, if it, even if it's with a mask on from 10 feet apart, so you're extra safe. Um, and then, you know, the lifestyle is, is a word that we hear a lot about and is filled with a lot of things, but how do you fill your day up? You know, do you eat? eat healthy foods? Do you sleep well? Do you, you know, do you move? Do you stretch? You know, what do you put in your days? And that's referred to as lifestyle. Um, because that also can alter some of our emotional reactions, our focus at work. Um, you know, if we're go, 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 we're only at work. We're on the, you know, we wake up, we look at the screen all day. We're on screens. Um, it doesn't take long to see how that's exhausting, you know, that we need to kind of have some time also, um, to re-energize, you know, away from screens. Yeah. And then the emotional processing, you know, we, a lot of times we think, well, the emotions come from our heart. You have a big heart and people will say, because your emotions are, are big, but you know, the brain is the seat of all emotions and, and it will influence our thinking, our work decisions, you know, being able to interview someone, seeing certain things, even our perception of others is influenced by our sleep levels, for instance. Um, so we, you know, there's a lot to be done during the day that where you can, have fun. You you can go for a walk. You can see people. You can, you know, list your emotions in a list in the morning and and just get on the right track for a good, healthy, productive workday. That's great. And and I think that uh, for our uh, audience, the, the whole remote aspect, uh, I know personally for me, the pandemic Mm -hmm. was, uh, I was living alone at the start of the pandemic and the the full lockdown. I never understood the importance of zoom is not enough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. I learned that very quickly about myself. Also learned that I'm not, uh, I'm, I've always known I'm extroverted, but I didn't understand how important it is for my emotional health and learned very quickly that it's uh, very important to have human connection. Right. Found myself mm-hmm. showing up at the coffee shop to try to build relationships there at times. But so with that, when you think about, you know, a lot of people are listening to this, they're running a staffing agency, they've got, you know, a few hundred people that are working for them, or they've got a staff, you know, contractors that are coming in and off of jobs. Um, how, how would you recommend that they, you know, any, any specific ideas or, or tactics that they could use to help their team, you know, kind of manage through the, the uh, odd stage of life that we're all dealing with together? Yeah. Valerie, you want to take it? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think understanding this framework is hugely important and then understanding how and what matters like in each space, like we were saying, and kind of giving that information. But like Mary said, it can be fun and enjoyable. And then kind of being able to tie it back to the research on like the fact that this is going to not only help your culture of your company, but also help to improve your, you know, brain optimization for your employees can be hugely important. I think um, one way that we often talk about is through, and it's not easy right now, but even for planning for your future of the year is volunteer opportunities. They're a great way to bring people together and they're a huge connection. They give people a lot of um, those positive feelings. They give an opportunity to work together. I know Mary has the research on just like when people are working toward a positive goal together, that can be kind of filling a lot of different spaces. Um, I also think as far as your company culture goes, really recognizing the importance of well-being and like energy, money, resources being being allocated toward those lifestyle goals for people and all of this being included. So the brain being included, but then also, you know, the gym piece, the nutrition, the sleep piece. So providing people with kind of what they need in that space and knowing that that's really going to look different for everyone right now or before it might be able to be more simple. You can bring a yoga instructor into your office or you can, you know, have something where now it's like people are in different places. The things that they need are a little different. So kind of rewinding and really checking in on what do people need, knowing this framework of CLE connection, lifestyle habits, and emotional processing. It's like even breaking it down, which we like to do to say like, okay, if you were going to rate yourself one through 10 on connection, how connected do you feel right now? How connected do you feel in your life in general, whether that means like friends, family, work, culture, um, how one through 10 are you doing with your habits in your lifestyle? So that's sleeping, drinking alcohol, tobacco, that's nutrition, that's exercise. It's a pretty loaded, a loaded sphere there. And so there's a lot of room for, you know, and a lot of room for whatever, maybe you're doing great in one space and not so great in the other space, but being really honest about that. And then going into that third sphere, like we talk about the emotional processing, like, are you really dealing with some of your feelings? I mean, we've had so much disappointment, so much change, so much stress, so much fear this year. And do you have those things in place? And do you understand what that actually means? And do you have like a daily practice where you're able to move through them? So I would say like awareness is huge. And then as a company looking for opportunities to really meet your employees where they are, and then move them forward from there, which is going to look obviously different in, in the future because we're all kind of in different places based on where we're working in our home life and what we've been through the past year. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as you're talking about the stress, um, and actually you're talking about the productivity side of it as well, I, I always think of the stress productivity curve, which is like the, you know, the bell curve. Yeah. And I, I bring that up with my team frequently where I'm like, where, where are we on this? <laughs> like, are we, yeah. are we, are we, have we gone too far? Because it, it drops off pretty quick on the other side into just almost like freeze mm-hmm. locking everybody up completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what's also interesting is, uh, as you guys are talking about this, I, uh, one of my favorite TED talks is about the impact of stress on your body. And I think always, uh, you know, I have people, uh, family members who are like, Oh, you're so stressed. You're dealing with so much. I'm like, yeah, but I think it's all okay which according to a TED talk, <laughs> as long as you believe that the stress is healthy and you re- react to it properly, that, it, you know, there's, there's uh, some stats saying that that's actually a, it can't, it's not so bad. Is that, how do you guys feel about that? Uh, or have you seen that TED talk? Are you aware of what I'm talking about? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have to have some stress, right? We wouldn't get off the couch. Like you wouldn't leave your house. You wouldn't, you know, yeah, you wouldn't yeah. get a job. Like you have to have a concern about something to take that next step. So that's what we call stress. Um, you know, and psychological stress, sometimes that it's like a stimulus. It's like a push, you know? So, so we absolutely stress you have to have. It's not all bad. I think, you know, it's gotten a lot of bad press and it's been put in buckets of bad, but it's not. I mean, it's the reason that we we do a lot of things throughout our day and we have to. And so that's fine, you know, and it's, it helps us focus at work. It helps us hit deadlines. So it is very important. It's just, you don't, uh, like you talked about the curve. It can't be extreme like anything. It can't be the only thing you're feeling all day long. Um, you know, it needs to be, we need to, we need to yeah. do that three to one. I love that. Yeah. 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 New, new and one thing, thing. one thing to notice with stress is the internal stress versus external stress. So kind of recognizing like, when are you applying your own internal stresses? So, Maybe you're, you know, adding that perfectionism or those expectations or those, those things that are unnecessarily being applied and then recognizing like what stress is, what stress is natural, necessary and already there for me. And then what stress am I adding? And when does that become too much? That's great. That's great. And, uh, uh, Ali, you also, I mean, I was, my next question on the list and you started jumping, jumping into this, but, uh, terms of the measurement of how effective you're doing on this, I know you kind of talked about some self-reporting there on the three uh, steps of your framework, but what, what do you recommend? I mean, if you're, uh, I guess a couple of questions. So one is, are there best practices around measurement? And then two, if you were to apply that to you're the executive of a staffing agency, um, is that something that you would recommend that they, uh, you know, try to consider applying for, the corporate culture? Is it something that's an individual path? Um, just kind of curious to see your thoughts there. Yeah. Yeah. This is what's, um, what's so interesting too. And I think this is like what Mary's research really outlines. And we talk about this a lot in our courses, like what exactly, I mean, we could, we could talk all day, like we said about this and we could kind of break it down forever, but it's understanding where those thresholds really are. Like when you say connection, like how much, what do you mean when you say, sleep, how much, what do you mean when you say exercise, how much, what do you mean? And so we really get into what she's outlined is to be like the kind of those thresholds that are most important. And then also I feel like people can have a pretty good understanding just naturally if they're honest with themselves about where they are. And so I think that, um, that first place is, is that is just like being able to be really honest and clear. I mean, sometimes we find that people are harder on themselves and maybe they're doing better than they give themselves credit for if they're self-reporting. And then sometimes it's the other way around until they're really bringing that awareness into their life. They're like, oh yeah, my diet's pretty good. Oh, accept that. Oh, accept that. Oh, accept that. And so bringing that awareness in then helps them to see like, oh, there is actually a lot of room for improvement here. So that kind of becomes um, a little bit tricky. I would say based on the research, yeah, there are definitely those thresholds that exist for just like, what we know is ideal and what matters. And then also um, kind of bring it to application of my life and where do I need to focus? So if you're, one thing that we talk about a lot is like being active in all of the spheres. It's not, it's not good enough to be only active in one of them. So if you're really connected, but you kind of drop the ball in the other two, then your brain optimization is not going to be there. You actually need to be active in all of them. And so that's another piece too, where, you know, being able to spread your energy out and recognize that you can do everything well in this case, and nothing has to be absolutely perfect for you to have a positive impact. You have to be intentional, you know, because some people will say, 
all I'm doing these days is just surviving. That's all I can do. Say, okay, well, do you have five minutes, literally five minutes, three times in your day to think about, you know, one thing you're grateful for or to stop five minutes, call a friend, especially if you live alone and you're on Zoom all day, you know, and just have a fun conversation. Or if you have a pet, you know, five minutes, you can pet your cat or your dog because those will bring up positive emotions. So it's just like little breaks throughout the day, just again, to get that balance of the positive to negatives. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, and and just being intentional, like you you just don't let the days go or the week go by, like, I didn't exercise at all. What happened? Like this whole month, you know, we ask people like, are you exercising? I I used to. He's (laughs) like, well, like, when was that? You know, it's like three years ago, I was really, really good at it. (laughs) Good, good. I'm glad, you know, but it's a new day, you know, and everything looks different because of COVID. So we have to kind of restructure the week. And it really is amazing. Honestly, a little bit goes a long way with this. It's it's not you that you have to run a marathon or you have to journal for ten hours every day. At least little things throughout your day can can um, you know keep your brain in kind of that positive balance. Like you said, brain brain to muscle. I like that one to one ratio. Um, so just you know yeah. give it some attention. Yeah. Right, and if you're running a company and you're trying to encourage this in there, then that's exactly a great way. It's just like start building that culture of sharing your wins and small wins are, are good. They're great. They're the, they're what leads to bigger wins. And so if you even just like are looking for one thing to do, then just like starting to encourage people to share, you know, what they're doing for themselves that day, whether it's calling a friend and being like, yeah, add that to the board, add that to the, whatever it is where we're kind of sharing wins and just starting to build that. That's a huge positive momentum and energy builder. And then also like Mary said, it kicks off, the it actually has an impact and then it kicks off just like a little momentum to be building within within your team and in your group. And and with that, I mean if you were to say, I mean there's been so many different ideas, great ideas on kind of things that you people can do. Do you have a top three first first three steps? I mean obviously go out and take your course. Uh, but if you were to <laughs> yeah, say, right. uh, you know top three to five things that you would recommend people, uh, next steps that people could put in place to start uh, improving the brain? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing, number one, is to be intentional. And just if you do anything, just say, hey, thanks. Thanks, brain. Thanks for getting me here, you know, because a little <laughs> gratitude will shift, will shift, you know, some of the, the good hormones. So we have a way to kind of drive our brain to better thinking by good emotional health, you know, so and good diet and good sleep, you know. So there are there's ways that we can drive the brain to, to uh you know, work better and more efficient for us. Um, and we all want that, right? Like we want to get over our list of our to-do lists faster and with better focus. Um, so if anything, start with a, Hey, thanks. Um, you know, or people around you. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being on my team. Um, the and then if, huge. if, yeah, absolutely. It's huge. And then a, a vision. So if you, if you're vision based as a company and you say, you know, this is what we've done this year, we look at us, look at how we've pivoted about a hundred times in the last 12 months. Um, and now maybe there's some new pivots. Maybe people are going back into the office and they're not sure how that looks, or maybe not, maybe they're going to stay remote. And, you know, just as a team, like what are our goals? And, and just to thank people for what they've done and, and then envision a new day, like, you know, let people be creative and think big. Um, you'll get more from them. You know, they'll get out of the stress zone. That, that's uh, that's great advice. And I, uh, one of the things that uh, it's kind of funny as you talk about the gratitude of starting your day that way. 
Um, I don't remember where I had read something about that a while back. And uh, one of the things we do is a daily stand-up inside of Slack. So we have a bot Mm -hmm. that gives us a daily uh, questions, but the questions are customizable. And Mm -hmm. that was like three or four years ago, we added the last question was, what are you grateful for? Uh, And Mm -hmm. that was every, every morning you'd start off by answering that question. And we actually turned the bot off for about nine months. And I, I, thing across the board, we were like, wait a second, wait, this doesn't feel as good. <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> we're like, and I don't know. I mean, right? I'm probably overdoing the correlation here, but I yeah. definitely know that we've reinstituted it and having that like every day, just starting with that question of what are you grateful for? It makes things mm-hmm. feel better. So I, uh, I've seen that one in practice and that, that's great. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think just assessing where you are, what's fear, like you're, you're just more natural, probably one or the other. Like you said, maybe you're like strong extrovert. You need people. You have no trouble connecting. You make that a priority. Great. You know, just, okay, great. I'm good at that part. You know, so maybe then, you know, the other spheres you have to say, well, what am I doing? Like, what do I do? How do I pencil it in? Do you use a planner? Do you plan for yourself? Do you put your intentionally put your, you know, a brain action plan in there in your week? I mean, what are, you know, you're yeah. just going to leave it to chance. You don't want to leave it to chance, right? And just hope it works for you. And actually, does your program? That's uh, it, uh, one of those one of those areas where I am falling down. <laughs> How do you guys with your program? Do you guys have a, a full plan that you guys get on kind of a weekly basis of here's what you need to do, and then um, you know even after the course exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. We break it down just like that because we like like we were saying with the steps, like the self awareness is hugely important. The reflection is all a part of that. And then you're reflecting based on like the research and the numbers and then like, okay, you know where you are now. So let's give you some actual specific tips. Everyone's busy that can move you forward from where you're at and meet you where you are and help you identify what that is. And so there's obviously a million ways to eat healthy in regards to, you know, your brain and just in general, there's a million ways to exercise. So what does that look like for you? And how can you kind of check that box in a way that makes it happen and feels good at the same time. So I think that's what's hugely important. And yeah, we break it down week by week because we know, I mean, there's so, you know, oftentimes high achievers are wanting to just soak it all in at once. But by breaking it down week by week and giving a calendar, you can actually, we encourage you to put yourself on your calendar, put these actions on your calendar, especially if you don't have those habits built in some of these spheres until they really become more natural and easy to you. And so often we're focused on you know, when it comes to lifestyle, we're focused on exercising for our body or like you were saying for like our shape or eating that way for that. But also when you shift the meaning to like brain health and optimization and focus, it gives those tasks that we quote unquote know we should do so much more meaning because you're like, oh wow, like this is not just like my genes, you know, this is like the way that I show up at work and the way that I lead people and the way that I manage people and the way that I bring new people and good energy into my company. And it all of a sudden takes on such an, I feel like it's often becomes easier for people to do because they can tie it to something greater than just like, you know, the way they fit in their clothes or something. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) And uh, and we've already kind of touched on this a little bit. um, So I don't know if there's anything more you guys have to add or if there's any specifics around this, but I'm always uh, interested to know, you know, in terms of what people can expect. Um, do you have a, uh, any specifics that like, say people go through your course, what somebody could expect 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, anything like that in terms of the progress or the, the outcomes? Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's indiv- hard to answer cause it's unique to that individual person and their goals, but anything that right. uh, you could share on that front? 
Yeah. I mean, I think what we, the goal we were trying to hit is resiliency. So we've heard a lot about that in the last, you know, 12 months, resiliency. But the nice thing about that, there are things that can be learned in resiliency. So, you know, our personality traits are pretty fixed or at least have a certain zone that we probably won't get out of. It's not like you're going to be a whole new person, but resiliency is a skill set. So there are things that you can learn um, and our brains will do better and think wider and more creatively if we learn how to, you know, optimize them or manipulate them into a kind of healthy space. So, you know, if anything, it, it is for resiliency and what is resiliency? You know, it's, you know, the ability to get over hurdles or get around um, challenges and or bounce back. And so we all, uh, you know, I'll speak for myself. Certainly this has been a tough year, you know, a lot of challenges and, um, I wanted anything I could do to try to tune up my own resiliency so I could keep going and find new ways around our challenges. So, um, you know, you can definitely expect to get an assessment, get the information and know where to put your time and energy. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a month long course. So, you know, it's something that you have to learn about and then, and then you're going to have to figure out how to pencil it in, in your life. And, and we have to be realistic, right? We're humans. We're not going to probably make dramatic changes in every area, but, it's amazing, you know, the a little bit at a time and these three areas, you know, can have some really great outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. I think specifically we've noticed that um, we've gotten a lot of feedback of people being like, wow, I didn't realize that mattered that much or that was actually going to change. Like Mary talks about the, the some of the genes that I have the ability to, you know, change in my brain or in my in my body. And then so there's a lot of like, oh, interesting that that's tied and that connection so strong. Um, and that there's research behind that. And then also just the idea of like, oh good, this is good. Like I'm already doing some of these things and I had no idea this whole area of emotional processing. I feel like that's always a new one. And that can be so powerful in, in that stress management piece when you learn how to really kind of deal with your emotions. Um, so I think those have been, yeah, a lot of the top, uh, the top takeaways lately. I think the uh, the emotional processing one. I've been debating if I should even share this on the podcast, but I've, I've got to go with it. Yes, but I had a, a close friend who he always calls it uh, uh, emotional constipation. That's like he's like you got you got to process. You got to process. You got to get it out. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Right. Perfect. That is so true. Yeah, I know. True. It sounds like scarier, I think, than it is, which I do think is another positive, right? Like it's mm-hmm. like it's it's not that scary, and it's also like, oh, why don't I know how to do this better? Because it's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's not overly complicated. And tying it back to the research of what happens in your mind and realizing how much it like clogs up your focus and productivity are like, oh, wow, it's a game changer. <laughs> yeah, people think it'll be very messy. You know, they think it'll be really messy and they don't want to go there. They don't want to open that door. Um, so I think just learning ways to open that door and just address it and, and talk about it. And yeah, I think you know, otherwise it'll lead to constipation. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm actually, uh, uh, when you're talking about that, I always think of, uh, Bernie Brown talks about the power of vulnerability. It's like, be vulnerable, be, be vulnerable. But it's, uh, I have people in my life that it's like very hard for them to be vulnerable. And I think it's mm-hmm. like the lack of tools or the understanding of how to do that. And so um, I think that uh, having a tool set for that makes a lot of sense and trying to identify mm-hmm. ways to make it seem less scary. Because it really, for a lot of people, it's like, okay, I know I'm supposed to be vulnerable, but that feels terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I think I mean, <laughs> 
So yes, yeah, people feel like they're going to be stuck. I think, like Mary said, if you open that door, you're going to stuck. You're going to sit in your emotions forever, and it's it's actually the opposite. And so once you like learn, like I feel like the habit piece of it, it's like you can actually move through things so much more quickly, and you're not like you're not like terrified of what you might feel. You can just feel the thing and then move on and feel the thing and move on and feel the thing and move on. So yeah, exactly. Like it's a practice and it's definitely something to build upon and get better at, which is actually really um, like positive because then there's something you can see a change in. Well, I I think it's great to know. uh, I've never thought about resiliency as a learned behavior or the ability, even just the practice of going through this is like, it is something that gets easier with time. And I think that's great for Mm -hmm. everybody to keep in mind. Um, so, uh, then shift gears a little bit with some kind of more personal questions about you guys, just to kind of let our audience know who you are. Um, I've got a couple kind of fun questions, but the, so in the last five years, what new belief behavior or habit most improved your life? Ooh. First on <laughs> myself, it's penciling myself in. I didn't always do that, you know? So, so since COVID I pencil in time to journal you know, I write it in my planner and I, and I pencil in when I'm going to meditate um, and when I'm going to lift weights. And, you know, so I, I put them in my week because I, because, you know, my week may be different each week. And I want to see what, when I have my early meetings, when I have time, I'm more of a morning person. So I like to do things in the morning that are productive like that. So um, yeah, it, it's a huge difference. And I know like, if I didn't do it, I'm like, why? I don't know. You know, why aren't yeah. things working well? Like what's going on? And I'm like, I didn't do it. I didn't, I just didn't do it because right after I do it, it's not like I, I'm a new person. Like I think, well, that was, that was only 20 minute meditation. What could that do? But it really is dramatically helpful in my week balance, you know, and in, in the balance of my week, you know, when I do those regular habits. So mm-hmm. that's for me for yeah. sure. That's good. Yeah. I would say in the past five years, I've really given myself permission to do like, so the belief would be like to do things my own way and realize there's so many different ways to do something. And so the quicker you just give yourself permission to do the way that works for you, the better it's going to work and the easier it's going to be able to become a habit. And I think before then I would constantly be trying someone else's way. And that was just the long road. So I would say the belief is like, this works for me. And, you know, until it doesn't, I'm going to do it this way. And even if you do it that way, we're still kind of checking that box at the same time. That's great. That's great. And uh, what are... Um, some bad recommendations that you hear in your profession or in your area of expertise. How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, there's, it's just a huge industry, right? So you hear, there's a lot of people are selling all kinds of things with a lot of promises. And yeah. I, you know, between like products and supplements and, you know, the certain special only this, but yeah, I think you have to find, like Ali said, what works for you and, and find something that you can put throughout your week and have um, have renewal time. You know, we all work hard, but we also need renewal time as well. And so, because you won't, you will not. We all know somebody really burned out who was amazing for a while and then burned out and is stuck. And they're in a job that they're stuck and they can't really see their way out because they're so burned out. Um so yeah, I would be careful with the constant work, no renewal. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I feel like if it's, it's all, when everything comes back to it, it's like, you know, these habits that you put in place that really have well, everything to do with you and nothing to do with any product or any whatever plan. So it's like information and integration is what you need. And then everything else 
is probably a bad idea. Um, as far as like, <laughs> if it's outside of you, you think you can buy this and it's going to change you or this supplement or this, it's like you, you know, none of that without the taking it and making it yours and developing the habits that work for you is really going to do it for you. So and I, was, I, was just waiting for the, I was waiting for the silver bullet supplement. You know, I was right. Just, I, mean, <laughs> no. yes. I know. Well, our, I mean, favorite was, thing to, our favorite thing is we, we gave a talk to 400 doctors, women doctors about this. And, you know, I had someone come up after our talk and be like, Oh, I'm good. Cause my husband and I take the supplement. And I was like, have you heard one thing that we said? You know, like there's like, there's not one little, like you said, the silver bullet. It's like, no, it's this, you need a few things, you know, and they're fun. They're fun. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, it's great. And I also, I mean, I really uh, have enjoyed this conversation when you guys enjoy having you on here. I, I think it's pretty timely with, um, I know we've all been dealing with the pandemic, that things are uh, opening up slightly in different areas of the country. But I uh, personally know that, I mean, with our team, um, and a lot of the uh, colleagues I know that, that there's a lot of people dealing with burnout in pretty meaningful mm-hmm. ways. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've, I've talked to people who are like, oh, I haven't taken a vacation and since the pandemic started because mm-hmm. there's nowhere to go or I don't feel safe. And so I, I think uh, mm-hmm. now might be as good a time as ever to kind of dig into something like this or, or even offering mm-hmm. it as a tool for the teams that we work with to, to have this as a way, you know, an outlet or something that they can do to help themselves. Um, mm-hmm. With that, are there any... Uh, additional comments um, that you guys would like to add? Any last thoughts? Well, we just know it's been a super hard year for, for so many and in, in different ways, but you know, a lot of common themes. So just, first of all, just acknowledge all the hardships that people have been through this year. And um, you know, there's a way out and it's probably like small steps. And we, the other thing we have to remember is a lot of people want, uh, we want the pre Corona us, like we want to go back to pre we think life will, is someday going to go back to that time <laughs> but we don't go back like we never go back right so we're we have to go forward and so you know don't set expectations be careful with your expectations is all you know it's an important one these days cuz we have a lot of people who are approaching us about the course etc that are saying i can't wait to go i can't wait to go back to that you know it's like but we don't go that's not the way the world and life works you know we go forward um, so take some small steps and, and just acknowledge, you know, the hardships that you've been through and all that you've been through this year. And, but take some, take some new, small, intentional steps and I bet they'll make, you know, some big differences. Yeah. I would, I would just second that completely. Yeah, exactly. Like at the same time, as much as what we've been through, it's like a new opportunity to create, you know, maybe a better culture of people work and life. The boundaries have really mixed this year. I mean, everyone's working from home. Kids are popping on conference calls, your your dog is barking, you know, those lines have been really crossed. And so really um, being able to change and like appreciate people for where they are and just know that like, if you have, if you're in a leadership position or if you're, you know, in this opportunity, if it's place to give an opportunity to create this new space, like Mary said, where you can just really encourage a resilient culture by allowing people to have resources and energy put in these spaces for themselves, then you can really have the power to build so much powerful, lasting um, change in your company too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, I think if anything that uh, any business owner has probably learned in the last year is that resilience is uh, yeah. maybe one of the most valuable uh, tool sets you can have. Uh, adaptability mm-hmm. and resilience uh, 
uh, will help you make it make it through. So uh, yeah. mm-hmm. great, great skill set to learn. Really enjoyed the conversation with both of you. Uh, I think Thank some great you. insights in here. Um, we will put a link to their website in the show notes. Uh, is uh, brainopsgroup.com. And uh, we'll make sure that we're linked to their LinkedIn profiles as well. And thank you guys so much for joining today. Really, really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, David. Thanks for doing everything you do. Putting this out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go and optimize your brain. Thanks for listening to The Staffing Show. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at staffinghub.com to never miss an episode. Until next time.